Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. If you enjoy plumbing the deeper mysteries of yoga and astrology, are curious about Sanskrit, especially for the impact and importance in today's world, I invite you to join me today. My guest brings profound wisdom from her in-depth study, experience, and teaching to awaken your higher purpose. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. Named one of the top 75 yogis who are shifting the planet by Origin Magazine, Dr. Katie Jane is a Sanskrit and Vedic scholar and skilled Jyotishi, Vedic, which means Vedic astrologer, who traveled India interviewing saints and yogis for her doctoral research. She gives training in, in Sanskrit, the Vedas, and classical yoga to help yoga practitioners access the wisdom teachings at the core of their practice. She also coaches seekers at crucial transitions to develop successful life strategies with the guiding light of Jyotisha. She defines her time between the United States and India, where she leads spiritual retreats to the Holy Himalayas. Welcome, Dr. Katie Jane. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Lori. I'm excited to have you. This is this is like a, a special treat for me to be able to have someone who has the kind of breadth and depth that you have. I've, I've been reading up on you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so that we can go we can go wherever we need to go today. I, I just this isn't about um, so much skimming the surface. Lots of people mm. think they know lots and do perhaps mm. about mm-hmm. astrology, about yoga. And I, I'd like us to be able to to take this into a deeper level of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all there. <laughs> My so, favorite thing. Oh, good. Deep. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> Juicy conversations. <laughs> However, having said all of that, I, I would, it would be great if you could give us a kind of foundation of speaking a little bit to the difference between Vedic astrology and Western astrology. That's a great question. That's usually what, what people want to know about when they hear what I do. Uh, they, because usually people think there's only one kind of astrology. Sometimes my clients will say, well, what's the difference between Vedic astrology and regular astrology? <laughs> <laughs> and what they mean by regular astrology is often called Western astrology. And I'll explain what that means in a moment. But it refers to a tropical system or a tropical style of astrology which is sun-centric. So if we're sitting on the earth and we look up at the sky, we notice that the sun changes position every every month. 
-hmm. It changes 12 different positions in the year. And that observation in general forms the basis for Western or tropical astrology. But to get into all the distinctions between how we calculate the zodiac, that it, see, this is why people ask this question, but they don't really want to ask this question. <laughs> they don't they, really want the details. <laughs> they really don't want the details because I've, I've been asked this question for 20 years mm -hmm. all the time. And when I start to go into it, I get that glazed over look mm -hmm. like, whoops. Mm -hmm. I asked the wrong question. So to answer this in a way that I think people really want to know, which is what does it give me that's different than my Western horoscope? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer lies in a difference in philosophy, a difference in the way that we see the individual. Hmm. Western astrology arises out of the Hellenic world, the Greek world. Mm -hmm. And the Arabic world, the, the mono, the great basis for the monotheistic traditions, mm -hmm. which puts the individual at the center, just like the sun is at the center of Western mm -hmm. astrology, the individual is at the center of Hellenic philosophy. I mean, look at Greek sculpture. It's all the celebration of the human. Vedic mm -hmm. astrology is rooted in a very different calculation of the zodiac, which I won't go too much into, mm -hmm. but it's based not on the sun, but on 27 fixed star constellations that form mm -hmm. a halo around the earth. Um, why they chose the 27 to form this zodiac out of the billions and gazillions of possibilities, that's a great mystery, or maybe some obscure scholar has done that research. <laughs> but more importantly, that, that calculation of the zodiac tells us what the Vedic civilization of India perhaps the longest enduring civilization on, on the earth, mm -hmm. even though many, many of the ancient civilizations possessed astrological ways of seeing and knowing, the Indian system is perhaps the oldest surviving in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's based on, the Vedic astrological tradition is based on the worldview of the Veda. The Veda is the philosophical and spiritual and cultural basis for the enduring civilization of India. I mean, mm -hmm. you can even see the Veda in Bollywood dancing nowadays. I mean, you right. can see, you can see the persistence of these wisdom teachings. And, and again, this is a big complicated subject, but the Veda are the wisdom teachings that were revealed as the reality of the universe revealed to the, the sages of the Veda called the Rishis or the seers mm -hmm. from which we get Vedic astrology. But the, um, but the, the wisdom teachings or the revealed knowledge teach us something about the universe that is really spectacular. And that is that, this is an undifferentiated, unified field. There is no point that is fundamentally separate from any other point. When we go into the nuances of Vedic astrology and, and the Vedic worldview in general, it's mind-blowing 
how these ancient people could know this without any evidence of high-powered telescopes or other instruments of measurement. How could they know it? The teachings tell us that they knew it from sitting quiet or by sitting quiet mm. because we are a snapshot of the universe. The universe exists within us. It exists in every part, every atom of the universe is a replica of the whole. So what Vedic astrology gives us that's a little different perhaps than Western astrology is not so much who we are as an individual, but how we connect to the whole. The, that is and this, beautiful. And, and, and this is, this, this is uh, related to the word that you asked me at the beginning. How do I pronounce Jyotisha? <laughs> Jyotisha is the Sanskrit word for Vedic astrology. And I, and I often have a problem with the word astrology. I wish it was a different word because Jyotisha doesn't really translate into astrology as we understand it in, in our post-Descartes worldview mm -hmm. in the West, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the mind and the body are separate. Um, Jyotisha is, is, like I said, related to the holistic system of the Veda, and it means to enlighten or to cast light upon. Mm. It's, it's the eye that sees our fundamental inherent connection with the intelligent field, that you are really a drop of the eternal. So Jyotisha teaches us more than uh, whether I'm, I'm going to be successful in a particular career or when my mm -hmm. fortune is going to come in or as a predictive, superstitious, fatalistic, even spiritual bypassing kind of system. It's not that at all. I mean, the, the thing that drives me crazy about astrology is this notion that we're victims of the planets. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all because of Saturn. Right now, it's the, the big <laughs> gossip is the Pluto transit mm -hmm. and, and all the doom and gloom that it's going to bring us. And this is just not at all what Jyotisha implies. Jyotisha is to culture your free will and mm -hmm. the one place that you have free will which is where you'll put your attention. Mm -hmm. Jyoti has to do, Jyotisha, or the word Jyoti means intuition or insight. The, the most subtle part of your psychology that determines what you'll see. And in physics, I mean, the Vedic philosophy That's what I wanted is you to speak so to much That's like physics. Absolutely. I'm listening to you. And, and because I, I speak a lot about the, the current yes. research in, in what the physicists have brought through and the undifferentiated field and yes. the, the, what I call a field of potentiality, it, it, you're speaking the same language. It's yes, it's fascinating, which is why I was so excited to be on your show after I listened to your your previous episodes. I was like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So and especially we don't think about it when we think of the ancient world. We think of we think of quantum physics as something latest and new. Mm -hmm. But 
when we really um, excavate the Vedic teachings and understand what they imply, it, it, it really is a very similar system. And especially when we get into the application of that philosophy, which is Jyotisha or Vedic astrology. And it's based on this notion in physics that the seer or the observer Mm -hmm. in the process of observing alters that which is observed. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what we do in Jyotisha. We, We shift something that we're often very unconscious about. And that is our sense of self-perception, who we are, who Mm -hmm. am I is probably the most profound question anybody could ask. And then how how are we connected in the greater universe? Right. It's inherent in that question. Mm -hmm. When you start going into the, the layers and layers of yourself after you've gotten past, well, I'm a friend, I'm a woman, I'm a (laughs) wife, I'm a mother, I'm a, then you get into the deeper, deeper layers. Mm -hmm. But but what what we we often miss in life is how much we are projected upon from the moment we're born. You're born. Oh, it's a girl. It's a boy. Let's call her Lori. And then let's heap all kinds of projections about what a valuable, successful life looks like Mm -hmm. in your culture, in your family, in your religion, in your whole uh, context. And we spend our whole life trying to meet up with that or match that projection. Yes. And stop stop learning about who we really are. Right. We're using our free will. The only place that we really have free will, which is the power of our perspective, the power of our attention. And we're putting it on trying to fulfill these impossible in many cases, projections upon us of value. They're, 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 they're made in ignorance. Yeah. And the Buddha tells us in the first rung or the first step of the noble eightfold path that the correction to ignorance is right view, seeing clearly what the truth is of who you are. This is why in traditional India, when a child is born, the Jyotishi or the Vedic astrologer is consulted. So the parents understand, okay, who do we have here? What's the owner's manual for this life? (laughs) And how can we, of all the, the range of places that you can put your attention on, how can we direct the attention to the highest possibility Mm -hmm. that this life has to offer? Yeah. That's the that's the one thing that really changes your life. And which is why I think Vedic astrology is such a powerful healing modality. And also it strikes me how incredibly useful that could be in parenting in the Western world. And do you do anything with that? I mean, is that something that you ever bring to parents? Yes, absolutely. I I love reading the charts of children and newborn children. And I think that they're extremely blessed when their parents uh, choose this for them because they have an advantage that so many of us didn't have, which is, ah, and and I should back up a little bit when I'm talking about this, that, that 
when I read the chart of a child or anybody for that matter, it's not another projection. It's not another belief to latch on to. Oh, the astrologer said this about me, so it must mm-hmm. be true. Mm-hmm. What I love about this system is that it's um, self-referral. It's self-referential. Say more about that. So, you know, suppose I say to you that you have these particular skills, like your core power, for example, Mm -hmm. is that you can never lose. And usually people who have this core power always believe that they can lose. Mm -hmm. So I say to them, you don't have to believe me. This isn't a belief system. This is something to observe in yourself. Mm. Which is very is, different. It's very different. Yeah. Is it true? Is it not true? Can you validate it in your experience? And then the person goes back through their life and says, ah, yes, I can see that. And then that positive inherent power that was with them from the moment they were born gets reinforced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar thing with parents. And, and I have done quite a few readings over the years for mm-hmm. children, and I've seen them grow up because I've been doing this work for over 20 years now. So a lot of these kids are now adults. And what's mm-hmm. fascinating to me is to see how their parents could recognize the truth of those or the reality of those qualities and then encourage them along. Yes, yeah. And 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 point them and not impose upon them, but guide them in the way that can really. Well, we just had an interesting experience. You might have noticed a kind of an, an abrupt pause in what uh, wisdom Katie was sharing with us. Uh, and that's because her entire network it, where she is right now in the neighborhood went out, went down. But we've got her back. We've got you back. I'm so glad. <laughs> I probably was just talking about the big Pluto transit or something. And then like as a sign, we're not a victim. Yeah. And we're not a victim. Exactly. And then yet, you know, these planets make their presence known in different ways. (laughs) In different ways. I I actually wanted to pick something up because I know we can't really go back to where we were. We've had, you know, it's been, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe that we were trying that you were trying to get back on. Yeah. But I wanted to bring up something or, or touch on something that you said earlier um, about how um, how we are a snapshot of the universe and um, that we're, you know, we're this this individual, but we're not just this individual. We're really connected with everything. And it made me think about holograms. Mm, yes. And that each of us are really a hologram of the whole. Yes. 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 And and it's really interesting, I think, in this regard to look at family constellations, Mm. people that are all connected. Um, I, I find this really interesting that amongst my students and clients, I tend to attract the same kind of people over and over again. Or if I read charts of people all in the same family, you can really see that they're almost the same person, that they have so much in common that they could only be related. Mm. I, I think the surprising thing is that we actually think we're separate. 
That I think is the surprising yeah, thing. It's like, not like so much that we're connected. <laughs> it's that we think that we're alone and isolated. Yeah, which is so prevalent in the Western world. I mean, everything in the Western world is about the individual. Yes. Well, at least certainly in the U.S. It's yeah, oh, definitely. Other Def- countries, you know, have more or less of a either familial or, or collective sense and yet so much of what's happening right now feels like it has to do with new frequencies around the collective and a, a ways to bring people together, ways to come together. Yes. And I think that one of the things that the pandemic has taught us is that very thing that the the smallest of the small impacts the largest of the large. Mm. I think probably at this point, nobody wants to hear that phrase again, we're all in it together. Because of course, not all of us are having an equal experience of mm-hmm. this pandemic, but but on a, on a less perhaps political perspective, mm-hmm. what this has shown us is that all of our small choices or all of our individual choices impact everybody else. Yeah, yes, yes. It's not just philosophy. I mean, it's fun philosophy, but it's actually the truth that we're really experiencing. On a cellular level. On a cellular level that we we are we are no uh, greater than the least amongst us. Mm -hmm. If one is suffering, we're all suffering. And I think that this is the, the theme perhaps of the Pluto transit for mm-hmm. the next 20 years mm-hmm. in, in sidereal Capricorn. And that's where we get a little bit of the difference between Western astrology and Vedic astrology. Mm-hmm. The Western astrologers are declaring this the age of Aquarius. Um, but from the actual way that the Zodiac is arrayed, this is all taking place, not in Aquarius, but in Capricorn. And Capricorn is uh-huh. is big. It's a, it's the whole Earth. It's mm-hmm. an Earth sign, but it's a diffusive Earth sign. So it represents Earth on a large scale. And um, and what with all these planets, especially at the beginning of 2021, impacting the sign of Capricorn, the whole world is being reshaped, configured. Our our our. Um, uh, structures, our institutions, everything is mm-hmm. stepping into a new paradigm. Wow. And how do we explore? To say this? the least. Yeah, to say the <laughs> least. And, 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 and that new paradigm, is, I mean, every changes everything. In other words, I'm right now creating a new program for this year. I say creating, it's like it's being created through me, but it's very much around this new paradigm. And I have no idea yet what it's really gonna look like. I have senses of the way in which it's connected to that sense of the whole. Yes. But it's very, you know, and, and then how do you market something when people are, are thinking about themselves as, oh, I've got to work on myself. Right. <laughs> it's really, it's really true. I think that we're not going to really see the implications mm. of everything that is changing in our world right now mm. until the children who are born now. Yes. 
come of age. Mm-hmm. And it will be the end of this particular Pluto transit, 20 years. Mm-hmm. When these children are 20 years old, hopefully we're still around some of us oldies, we'll be able to really marvel at what this pivotal moment in history brought mm-hmm. us. Yeah. It's their world that's being created. The best we can do is, is to leave it in as best shape as we can for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about um, the sound of Sanskrit. Mm. Um, a dear friend of mine, Ellen Cull, has been teaching Sanskrit, and she comes out of the same teaching and tradition that I do, and certainly Tereya, mm. which is um, what I was initiated in as a master, um, is based on a Sanskrit word. So, but the sound of Sanskrit, I, I'm, I'm very attuned to sound, and, and I'd love you to speak to, to the power of that. It's something I know you, you work with a mm. lot. Yeah, great. Yeah, I was excited when I saw that in your in your biography about um, your interest in sound and vibration and sound healing and all that. And yes, when when we compare the Veda to physics, then Sanskrit becomes really interesting. So how to make this brief, how to make such a big subject brief and and understandable. Mm -hmm. So the understanding in the Vedic worldview is that everything is at its source vibration. Yes. Everything is made up of sound. Everything is vibrating. This is, this is kind of string theory in for, for those of us who are hack physicists. This is kind of a, an, an equation with string theory. But this notion that everything's vibrational, but that we actually possess clairaudient abilities as humans to be able to hear those sounds and see them. We, mm-hmm. we possess clairaudient and clairvoyant abilities in, in our highest nervous system expression such that we can actually hear those and see those vibrations and repeat them in our speech. Mm. And when we repeat them in our speech, we enter into yoga with them this is the original yoga to enter into relationship into union with creation at its source through what it's made up of which is strings of sound so the veda you know sometimes if you, if any of you are in uh, uh, have heard of the Veda, you'll hear it mentioned as a set of scriptures or texts. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a misnomer. What the Veda is, the four quote unquote books of the Veda are, mm-hmm. are ongoing strings of sound that were once heard and seen by these ancient sages known as rishis or seers Mm -hmm. who heard and saw them and recorded them in their speech and and created a system of maintaining this orally for generation to generation. So the Veda has been passed down these 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 
this collection or these collections of the actual sound bites that make up reality have been passed down for thousands and thousands of years from teacher to student in highly guarded lineages mm -hmm. um, that form what are called the texts of the Veda. And these strings of sound are the sounds of Sanskrit. So some of us know Sanskrit is a language, but really Sanskrit is a technology. It's a technology for aligning your consciousness with the intelligent field of undifferentiated consciousness, which is the unified field. So a mantra, which is the smallest unit of sound in Sanskrit, has the ability to awaken your nervous system or open the channels of your nervous system such that you can then vibrate with the frequency of that sound that then corresponds with certain structures in creation. So, I mean, there's so many things I want. <laughs> there's so many things to talk about just in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Um, and, and I'm, I, you know, I'm sitting here going, well, okay, which thread do I want to pick up there? Uh, and which thread do I want to save for a later conversation with you? <laughs> yeah. So, so these threads of reality, we could say threads of consciousness, mm. threads of creation, what are they? Well, in, in the Vedic tradition, we could compare them to, they're, they're called Deva and Devi, mm -hmm. which translate in English as God or goddess. But what they are, are the laws of nature. So mm -hmm. Deva means God, but it, it's the masculine principle. Mm -hmm. In the Vedic tradition, the masculine pr principle is the potential of something. Mm -hmm. The feminine uh, principle is the actualization of the potential. So, for example, uh, uh, the appearance of a rain cloud would be Deva, would be the potential for rain. But the actual raining would be Devi, the feminine activization mm -hmm. process. So we could, you know, in terms of the Vedic mantras or invocations, the content mm -hmm. of the Vedic quote unquote scriptures, they're divided into these two principles, these two expressions of the laws of nature, potential and actual, that if I were proficient enough in my alignment with nature at its source, I could just speak these things into being. I could invoke the, the potential of rain and I could invoke the actual rain. I can invoke the potential for uh, a good year of, of harvest. And then I can invoke the actual harvest. The, 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 the value or the purpose of these invocations is to put the individual and the society at large in perfect alignment with the natural unfolding rhythm of creation. The actual word rhythm is a Sanskrit word, rita, which is the word for the ongoing ritambara, the ongoing flow of creation on its vibrational level. 
in later traditions of, of the Veda, this is called Dharma mm-hmm. or your purpose mm-hmm. in, in Vedic astrology. When people talk about their purpose, what, 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 what is meant by that is your Dharma, how you are most naturally aligned with the ongoing flow of your particular expression of destiny. Mm-hmm. Using the, <clears throat> what I th- speak about as the, as inner law. Inner law. Beautiful. Which yes. Is very different than what we know of as man's law. So Sanskrit is the technique to tap into that field. Yeah. And what's really interesting uh, in this regard is in, in connection to Vedic astrology is how a name is chosen for a child, for mm-hmm. example. So in traditional India, you can always tell which star the moon was transiting when a child was born mm-hmm. because their name will have the Sanskrit syllable that's connected with their star in it. Mm. Each one of the stars and planets, actually every aspect of creation has a sound quality to it. So all the 27 stars of the Vedic zodiac have particular sounds that are connected to them. So when you name your child a a name with those sounds and you say their name, you're constantly affirming their connection. Yeah. And you're calling that forth, really. Yes. Yes. You're calling it forth. You're invoking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love how you speak about Sanskrit as a technology um, to, to align our consciousness, really. I, I, I work with what are called higher consciousness energy symbols. Mm. So I'm trying to see these, these cross connections because I also speak about those as like mm. the installation of an app or a technology that allows us to align with that creative field of potentiality. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm hearing you say really the very, very same thing. And on that, on that level of sound, but it's all vibration. It's all frequency. Yes. And, and many, many ancient cultures also have tapped into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of the Lakota nation, in, in, in America, they have a ceremony called the Blessing Way, not the Lakota, sorry, um, the Navajo, Diné culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Lakota have something like this also, but I know of the Blessing Way ceremony in the Diné culture or the, um, the uh, Ara- uh, not the Arapaho, the Navajo. Mm-hmm. In, in the Blessing Way, it's the same thing. It's like the, the whole universe is sung into being. Yeah. Same thing in, in Hebrew, the, the whole world was spoken into being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God spoke and said, let there be light. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is, this is something that has been known from many, many different perspectives. I wouldn't say that this is something that's privileged by the Vedic tradition. Mm-hmm. It's just that by some historical anomaly, the Vedic, uh, culture, the Indian culture, though they were conquered many times, they were not necessarily victims of destruction, genocide, like right. other ancient And losing cultures. their traditions. And losing their tradition or being missionized like that. Yeah. Yes. 
So they're a, they're a remnant from a long time ago, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. knowledge. So you, you spoke about, or you've, you've spoken in different ways right now about um, how we can get to know what our, what our goals are, what, are, what we're truly here to be connected with and to represent in, on the planet. How do, do you do readings for people? How do people get to discover what goals are aligned with them? Yes, I do readings. Um, I'm I'm moving more these days into empowering people to read their own charts, to mm-hmm. learn more about the system of Vedic astrology, because quite frankly, since the pandemic, um, we astrologers are, we're like the cosmic essential workers. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my calendar is just so I can't do, I can't reach all the people that I want to reach. Right. So I really right. want to encourage people to just learn at least to, to read their own charts and to, um, get access to this knowledge in that way. So I often, uh, teach, um, webinars, free webinars and, and trainings. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, you can go to my website, risingstarastrology.com and uh, check out what my latest webinars for learning Vedic astrology are. Right now, I'm. By the time this airs, the one that I'm teaching this coming Sunday will already have passed. But but the recordings will be available, so people can access them that way. Oh, that's a wonderful way of being able to extend the knowledge and bring it out in, in to, to more people. Yes, it's important because I think the most important question that any of us can ask in our life mm-hmm. is, "Who am I?" And why am I here? Yes. And, and those are age old questions. And perennial. And, and we don't we don't get to answer them and say, oh, well, now I know and I'm done. No, no. <laughs> We're infinite beings. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. There are so many things I want to still ask you about. <laughs> and I know we need to come to a close. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll just have to have you back. Oh, I would love that. I just am so delighted to meet you, Lori. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to connect with a kindred soul. Absolutely. I, and I feel like we, we come from different aspects of things. And that was what makes it so exciting. And that's part of what I want to do more and more in the world is, is to bring together groups of people so that whatever, whatever we're needing to bring to the world, we can seed each other into, yes. for these new things to come into being. Yes. And in that regard, there's a really beautiful expression in Sanskrit, ekam sattvipra vadanti. It means truth is one. But the wise, the vipra, the ones who can see beyond the surface, call it by different names. Truth is one, the wise call it by different names. Beautiful. So I, th- that's, I think, a great example of that today in our conversation. <laughs> yes, I love it. So, again, before we go, um, you said risingstarastrology.com. 
for people yes. who want to know more about Vedic astrology. And your website, your other website? Is do- my, other, my website is drkatyjane.com, and it's K-A-T-Y-J-A-N-E.com, drkatyjane.com. And what can people find there? Um, they can find all of my courses that I teach on Sanskrit and also um, I'm into the traditions of the, of the goddess. So I have courses on what's called Sri Vidya or the sacred wisdom teachings of the, of the goddess. Mm-hmm. And they can find out about my Vedic astrology programs and memberships. And my blog is there also. <laughs> I'm sure so many things are there. So many things are there. <laughs> Great. Thank you again for being our guest today and for sharing yourself in such a beautiful way and oh, for you. working so hard to get back on with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will not take a technological malfunction lying down. <laughs> and you clearly didn't. You know, no. and, and the energy was just there for us. So I didn't want to say, oh, let's just do it. You know, let's just throw out what we did. And no, no, no it's good. You. I'm glad we were able to reconnect and um, and make it all happen today. Yes. Yay. I feel like I made a new friend. Me too. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Katie Jane. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks everybody, for listening. Mm. Well, and I'll just to echo that, thank you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that helps more people access the wisdom and to transform the world. For more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. Facebook.